Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Super Sleuths Book 4 The Black Castle by E.M. Clark. Read by Lexi. Chapter 1 Prince Igor Returns. In the heavy, warm mist, Mud Town shimmers. Grey buildings frown over the deserted streets. Darkness and silence reign with an iron fist. Even if the inhabitants of Mudtown should stir in their sleep, they would not look out of their tightly shuttered windows. No one wants to be a witness to what is happening outside. No one wants to see the dark forces which are gathering in the deep of the night. And then, movement. A boat materialises. Dark shapes slowly distinguish themselves from the black, snaking river which glistens in the moonlight. A rope is flung to shore. A man in heavy boots and a dark, sweeping cloak catches it, ties it securely to an iron ring. Three cloaked figures move to the side of the vessel and disembark silently. The only sounds are the steady lap of water against the dock and the creak of the rope as the boat strains against the current of the dark river. Snakes slither over the pathway, forked tongues hissing, leading the figures from the dock to the ruined palace, its crumbling walls jagged in the moonlight. The figures mount the steps, move towards the decaying throne room. At either side of the room, lines of jacker face inward, their crocodile smiles bright and white in the dim light, their yellow eyes gleaming with malice. Watching, waiting, they hiss in anticipation as the cloaked figures move between their guard of honour toward the throne at the far end. The lead figure is bulky, swathed in black, his face hidden. But his creatures know him for their leader and open their deadly jaws wide in recognition. Hiss! On a dais at the far end next to the throne stand two figures, one immensely tall, the other tiny, both with their arms outstretched in a salute, their faces gleaming with triumph. Count Zuto and Countess Rosina Contuti are delighted. Hail, great leader, they cry, fists crashing through the air as they salute again and again. Around them, other figures stand. Other arms are raised in unison. Voices chorus jubilantly, Hail, great leader! The cloaked figure leading the group, newly arrived in their boat, nods as he strides down the room, accepting this reaction as his due. He has returned. They could never have stopped him. At last, he was assembled once more with his most trusted servants, and this time he would not fail. Slowly, he ascends the throne, turning around to face his audience, flinging off the dark, voluminous cloak as he does so, to reveal himself, richly garbed in purple, trimmed with gold, rings covering his fingers, fitting attire for a prince. Then... 
A huge white bird soars in through a window, wings stretched out, vicious beak curving in triumphant cry. Gah! Hail, great leader! The man on the throne stretches out a lordly arm and the bird lands smoothly. He raises his other arm for silence and his audience fall quiet immediately. The jacker watch, sharp teeth shining. I have done the impossible, the man cries, his voice echoing around the chamber. I have escaped the prison on Isla Diabolo. Yes, my friends, I have escaped the inescapable. Or so they thought. <laughs> At this, he lets out a rasping gargle of triumph, greeted by further cries of celebration from his rapt audience. I, Prince Igor, son of Prince Percival, proud to be the heir to the House of Barbosa, will not be imprisoned, will not be silenced, will not be defeated. Another roar of support greets this. Boots stamping on the floor, the bird calls, the jacker hiss. But I could not have done this alone. Igor's voice is lower now. No, my trusted friends have never wavered in their loyalty. They helped me to reclaim my freedom. He gestures to the other two cloaked figures who had arrived with him who are now prostrate on the ground before the throne, faces on the floor, arms thrown out in front of them as proof of their servitude. Rise, Ferenc, Igor intones, pointing to the man before him. Rise, Festia, he commands, now pointing at the woman. Both figures obey, wolfish faces sharp against the shadows. Thank them! Igor cries, and the chamber fills once more with claps and stamps, cheers and yells of triumph. Ferenc smiles and bows. His angular face is hungry. His restless eyes catch the glance of the Countess Rosina, whose eyes gleam in the half-light. A flash of understanding glimmers between them. They are of one accord, united in their pursuit of evil. Festia's thin lips are bared in what she believes is a smile, but her teeth are yellow and her eyes dead and cold. Her claw-like hands grasp her husband's arm as she stares at the cheering supporters, eyes never at rest, calculating, plotting relentlessly. Our plans are well advanced continues Igor once the cheering subsides. The Countess Rosina will use her special brand of dark magic against our foes, those fools in Sandlandia who insist on challenging my rights as king. An ugly red flush is creeping up Igor's pallid face now and he spits the final few words. Rosina steps forward, her voice soothing. Never fear, O oh great one, she says in low tones. I have perfected the mind-probing technique. I can force anyone I want to do anything I want. They will act against their own will without even realising they're doing so. And she smiles malevolently. Excellent, 
hisses Igor, rubbing his bejeweled hands together with glee. We will use this to gain access to all the inventions of Sandopolis. No longer will technology work against us, not when we have it in our power. And those fools will not even know they are helping us. Triumphant stamps and cheers erupt again from the assembled crowd. Ferenc and Festia grin maliciously, revelling in this power, in their newfound freedom. They have been cooped up on the Isla Diabolo too long, and their thirst for revenge and destruction is unquenchable. Professor Raoul Sinclair will be our first target, O oh Great One. Count Zuto's words are almost a hiss, and an ugly expression crosses his face. Yes, agrees Igor. That meddlesome scientist and his foolish children have crossed my path too many times. I have also perfected poisons, sire, continues Rosina, an unpleasant sneer on her face. Just in case. Igor's rasping laughter fills the throne room and a murmur of approval flutters around the audience. With all of this in place, we cannot fail, Igor declares. The throne of Sandlandia will be mine! Everyone is on their feet. The cheers seem to lift what remains of the roof off the abandoned palace completely. We only live to do your will. We wish to make you greater still. House of Barbosa will restore to rule with might over all once more. The chant rings out in the darkness. Gah! Gah! cries the white bird, extending its snow-white wings in triumph, and the jacker hiss, snapping their pointed jaws in delight. Everything is set. Prince Igor has returned. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Chapter 2, Hoodwinked. Want to read along? Super Sleuth's book for The Black Castle is available now on Kindle. Enjoyed today's chapter? Rate our podcast and leave a message telling us who your favourite character is. See you next time.